Hey folks, I have volumes one through six of the papers of Martin Luther King in our home library. I think they have seven total volumes now. Stanford University has a website with all the documents online. Makes it a lot easier to use. Google has also scanned the pages of the book and put them online. And both of these efforts facilitate sharing the book's content, its considerable content. Each volume provides document artifacts like speeches, sermons, papers, letters. There's also a document calendar and a timeline of events. And every time I read anything in this, I remember that every moment matters and that Martin Luther King produced a lot of power in a little bit of time. Now I'm also reminded that we have to study his approach and his impact and then embrace and extend that approach because he started a good work but it's not finished. Now trying to read this for pleasure it's overwhelming and kind of confusing. It's a lot to keep up with. You're using it for research and wisdom earned through lessons learned, that's priceless. Using it to discern signs of the times is a godsend. Let me share a story prompted by recent headlines. Once upon a time, the President of the United States gave a group of African American community leaders a seat at the table. The leaders brought their own menu. It took a long time to make the meeting a reality. Lots of letters and telegrams communicating both with the president and his assistants and several more civil rights crises like the desegregation of the schools in Little Rock, Arkansas. For then 29 year old Martin Luther King, head of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, to convene a meeting with then-President Dwight D. Eisenhower on June 23, 1958. King didn't attend the meeting alone. He attended with 62-year-old National Urban League Executive Director Lester Granger, 69-year-old organizer A. Philip Randolph, the Godfather, and 57-year-old NAACP Executive Secretary Roy Wilkins. Now, if you're doing the math, King is in a fellowship of leaders who are all almost twice his age, and he himself is just 29, meeting with the president. Now, Eisenhower was the president from 1953 to 1961. So if you're doing the math, this meeting occurred in Eisenhower's fifth year as president. He made it five years before he sat down with the African-American community leadership. Now this menu I spoke of, King's group asked President Eisenhower for three things. Now, first, they asked for 
direction to be given to the Department of Justice to protect the Voting Rights Act. Second thing, they asked for the extension of the temporarily established Civil Rights Commission. Item three, they asked to convene a conference to discuss the peaceful integration of schools. Now, the meeting received mixed reactions, which is normally the case when you got a lot of different people coming together with different ideas. They're going to have different takes about what might have been accomplished. Now, Eisenhower aide Rocco Siciliano called the meeting an unqualified success. He was over the moon happy. Siciliano also astutely noted that Martin Luther King, despite his age, was the intellectual soul of the group. Now the group itself had a sober view of the meeting and they remained a little dubious, a little doubtful about Eisenhower's commitment to civil rights. That's a fair and civil assessment made by people who engage the countenance of the president. So if anybody would know, they would know because they were there. They knew that they would have to keep pressuring Eisenhower. That meeting was not enough. It wasn't a conclusion, wasn't the climax, it was just a start. Civil rights supporters and the African-American press, they criticized the meeting. It was an abject failure because it failed to extract concrete commitments from President Eisenhower. For what it's worth, though, here in 2018, we have a Voting Rights Act, we still have a Civil Rights Commission, and integrated schools. Kind of. <laughs> okay, each of these marginal gains have their own hidden long-term costs, man. It's the way, that's the way this thing works. As people, the revolution will not be televised because it's not a show. Nor is it this insulated binary debate waged by talking heads, wagging fingers, wagging tongues, and twittering thumbs. Now, it's a slow and patient strategic grind. It's a story with no perfect characters and no perfect outcomes or conclusions. That story does have a documented blueprint though. It's a tough read, but it's documented. Now in similar fashion, don't forget about this documented blueprint. Again, a tough read sometimes, but full of wisdom and answers for those who will ask the question. Now with both, you have to read and wrestle with and apply its imperfect lessons delivered through imperfect people. Selah.